morning, everyone. Let's come together for worship. We're so excited to see you in the house of God. It's good to look out and see your eyes and your faces and be able to walk near you.
God. It feels good in the house of the Lord. Yeah, that's all right. Let's worship him for a Teaching and preaching, and I call it treaching. 
and uh, we're going to do that a little bit today. I do want to come to a conclusion today to make a decision, but at the same time, I want you to take what I preach and think about this over the next several days, meditate on it, ask God to continue to speak, because I believe that at this hour in the world, uh, the Lord laid this, and it's going to be a familiar passage of scripture, and some of you have probably heard this, I'm not coming out of left field with it, but I want to help somebody who has a troubled spirit today. I want to help somebody that has a troubled spirit. Is there, is there anybody here that has just a troubled spirit? doesn't mean you're backslid or lost on them, but just things around you have troubled you and frustrated you. I know I'm one of those. And uh, all across this room and around our country is there's trouble going on. The waves, the spiritual waves uh, against uh, the things of God have, have risen up and uh, we are at an opportunity point to step into the gap for those that don't understand. And I believe that God wants me to share that with you from a very familiar portion of scripture. And uh, that is Philippians chapter four. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, chapter four, starting at verse number four. It says this, always be full of joy in the Lord. That's pretty straightforward if you ask me. Always, always be full of joy. Now, I wish I could say that I have attained that. I wish I could say that I am an example to you of always being full of joy. But there are things that get under my skin from time to time. There are things that cause me to not lose my joy, but to cover up my joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. And in my times of weakness, it's not because the joy has left, it's because I've covered up the joy. And what Paul is trying to tell the Philippian church is don't cover up what God has planted in you. Expose it by always being full. Always repent. And then it closes out the verse. I say it again. Rejoice. The King James Version says rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. There's something that happens when you and I begin to rejoice in him. And some of us have lost, or not lost, but we've covered up the joy that God has given us in time past. And the things of society and the world that's going on, from you name it, it's all out there right now. From job loss of job security, from all of the things that you see and read and experience, from the pandemic to the riots to, to everything, it's all out there. And it has, it has caused some of us not to lose joy, but we have allowed the things of the world to cover up the joy that's in us. Can I just share with you that I believe the world needs to see the joy of the Lord. The world, the world needs to see that ever-bubbling experience that you and I have had when we were at our lowest and he stepped into our life and touched our lives and transformed us and changed us. That's what the world needs to see right now. Always full of joy in the Lord. Verse number five. 
Let everyone see that you, you are considerate in all you do. Let everyone see that you're considerate. Considerate there isn't just full of manners. Considerate there is, have you thought it all through? Don't be quick to jump to judgment. Can I just tell you that there's a lot of judging going on in the world right now? There's a lot of judging going on in the world right now. And have you considered where you're at? And I'm going to come back to that in just a few minutes. But, but let your, can everyone see that you're considered in everything you do? Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Verse number six, don't worry about anything. about exactly that. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. If we spent more time praying about it, we would spend less time worrying about it. Now, that's one of those teaching points. You're going to have to think about that because in the midst of a minute, you're, you're like, yeah, but then you look at your schedule. And then you look at how you have, I, I, this is, uh, this, I'm just telling you, this is going to be a pastoral message. I'm trying to help somebody stop worrying and panicking and working yourself up and start praying. Start reaching out to the throne of God. The Bible says this in the book of Hebrews, we can go boldly into the throne of grace. We can call on him at any moment, at any day. He said he will never leave us nor forsake us. He's as close as the mention of his name. Don't worry about what's going on. Pray about what's going on. Don't worry about the troubling in your soul. Pray about the troubling in your soul. Paul said it this way. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank you for all that he has done. Now here's the thing about that scripture there. If you're telling him about a need that you have, he hasn't supplied the need yet. When you ask him about a need, Paul says, while you're asking about your present need, thank him for what he's already done. Now that's hard to do. Because you and I as human were raised to learn how to beg. And we're waiting for the cuteness of the young one here to disappear and become the teenager so that it's easier for us to say no. Because he has mastered the art of negotiation to get what he needs. And he knows how to look at us and say something to us that melts our hearts and he usually gets what he wants. And he's not alone because we've all done it. And those of us that are older siblings, we did it until we had a younger sibling and then we were out the door. Our begging was no longer allowed. But that's what we've learned. 
God, I need this. I need this. I need this. I'm praying about this. God, I need this. God, I need this job. God, I need this car to be fixed. I need this to happen. I need this kind of finance. I need this kind of help. God, I need this. I need this. I need this. And we never take the same amount of breath in that same amount of time. God, I thank you already. You brought me so far. You delivered my soul. You kept me. You kept me your heart. You kept me safe. You kept me safe. All of the things that you've done, you brought me a very long way. You see, there's got to be a balance. Does God want to tell us, want us to tell him what we want or what we need? Absolutely, he does. But at the same time, he wants to hear a gratitude, a heart of gratitude, a grateful expression that he's already met you where you're at. Listen, think about where you were a year ago and tell me that you haven't had a life change experience, that God hasn't been good to you through the last year, that he hasn't kept you. If nothing else, you can say, I'm still God what you need. Thank you for all that he's done. And when you do that, when you don't, when you rejoice all the time, when you let everybody see that you're considered in all things, when you don't worry about anything but you pray about everything, when you tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done, the Bible says in verse 7, then you will experience God's peace. Here's the problem with most of us, me included, and this lesson is for me today. Here's the problem with us. We try to get the peace before we do the other stuff. We say, God, give us peace, but I'm going to worry about this. God, give me a, a joyful expression. At the same time, we're covering it up. With anger, impatience, lack of control. You see, it's when we do those other things that Paul promises us that then the God of peace will come into experience. And it will exceed anything that we can understand. <laughs> and when that peace comes, it will guard our hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Can I just tell you, that's the passage or the, the point of this scripture that God has laid in my heart the last 48 hours or so. It's this, we need his peace to guard our minds and our hearts. I believe that the mind has to do with our thought processes. I believe in this passage, the heart has to do with our emotions. God, let your peace guard our mind, our thinking, guard our emotions, guard the things that can cause us to go up and down and in and out, cause us to think the wrong way and perceive the wrong way and do all the things that, that we don't want to do. If you read Romans chapter 7, we, there's things that we want to do that we don't. There's things that we don't want to do that we do and it just doesn't make sense to us. Can I just tell you, we don't need more answers. We need more peace. 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 You want to know what gives me peace? He's got the whole world in his hands. 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 Do I believe that? 
Listen, some of us don't believe that. Some of us in this room may not believe that right now. Here's where we've got to get to. Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Because it seems like everything that we have known is crumbling around us. People are falling apart. Systems are falling apart. Institutions are falling apart. Concepts are falling apart. Ideologies are falling apart. Freedom is falling apart. All around us, things are crashing down to us. And sometimes we get to the place, what can I do in the midst of such a big storm? Listen, God's got it all in his hand. Because of that, because his peace can guard us. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And I'm not adding to the word of God, but let me just paraphrase in the year of 2020 and, and from pastor's heart to yours, turn off social media. Turn off the news. Can I tell you, it was so great last night by the time I sat down and started, because we didn't have the news on at all yesterday and everything was so peaceful. Now I may be clueless about what's going on me, but that's okay. God's got it in control. Because here's what's happening. Is people are letting their thoughts and their emotions and their hearts. And they're wearing them on their sleeves. And it's all coming out. And all of it can be justified. There's a reason for it. I'm not saying that there's not reasons for it. I'm not saying that nobody's justified for it. But what I am saying is this. What you put in is what's going to come out. You put in the word of God, the word of God's going to come out. You put in the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord's going to come out. You put in the peace of God, the peace of God's going to come out. The more time we spend on putting all of the hatred and all of the struggles and all of the things that are going on in this world, and we are inundating and we are pushing it down, and we are, and eventually it explodes. And then we're wondering, God, what now? What now? I want to say something. I, I, social media can be a blessing and it can be a curse. Uh, I talked to one person, even in this church, they believe that Facebook can be toxic and it can absolutely be toxic, but it can also be a, a blessing if you allow it. I would, just before church, I showed Elena, just before church, I pulled up a memory. You get a memory every so often or every day, you get memories from previous years that were posted on your timeline. It was amazing to me. Six years ago today, uh, uh, somebody that I consider, it's a, he's a hero to me, he's an inspiration to me. His name is Todd Gaddy. His pastor's in Baltimore area right now, and, and he is a wordsmith of wordsmith. He knows how to say things and put things in perspective in just a moment of time. He's amazing, and, and I'm, I'm honored to call him my friend. But he wrote this six years ago today. This is what he wrote. If you read social media and find yourself comparing and getting frustrated, remember two words. Stop it. <laughs> There is a lot you don't know. There's a bunch you don't see. 
These are his exact words. Life is some difficult and some fantastic and a whole lot of normal. For every single person, it's a process, not a post. I, I looked at that. I looked, I showed it to Elaine. I said, that's what I'm preaching to <laughs> Six years ago, it pops up. It confirms to me exactly what I'm feeling right now. Can I tell you that social media is not a bad thing? It's not an evil thing. It's the, the motivation behind it. It's what you read, how you read, how you listen. And I want to give you a warning today as your pastor, as somebody that has been praying for you, thinking about you, following you. Don't listen to everything that is out there without doing your research. Because you may begin to agree with some things that when you dig deep into what is being out there, you are, are agreeing with things that you would never agree with in, in time past. But because of the emotion of the moment, the heat of the moment, the mentality of the moment, things would begin to, 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 to come from you that you wouldn't normally allow to come from you. And when you do that, what are you doing but covering up? Can I, can I just, let me just talk to the, to, to, to the thing that's in this room. The concept of racism is very real and it's very sinful. It is a tool of the adversary from the pit of hell. There is no difference between me and somebody of another race or another culture. We are created in the image of God. They are my brother and my sister. And can I just tell you that with racism, it is an institutionalized thing, but not because of the way that they are being taught it out in the streets today. The reason why it's become an institutional thing is because in our political system, everything has been divided into groups. How many of you have gone and sat in a doctor's office and a question on the questionnaire asks you to mark down, are you white, are you African-American, are you Asian, are you Native American? I want to put down on the bottom, I want to, I want to just mark all of them. Because when it gets down to it and I go back into the doctor's office and he looks at my chart and says, you mark down that you're African American, that you're Asian, that you're Native American, that you're white, and that you're other. Don't ever, never understood what that one was. I want to look at it and say, yes, because we've all got the same mom and dad. Name is Adam and Eve. in the world is not going to be fixed with political intuition. It's not going to be fixed with a secular way of doing things. Here's the way racism gets fixed. I look at you and you look at me as God's creation. As the creation of God. As the manifestation and the expression of a loving God that loves us and wants us to be brothers and sisters in Him. in this country. I hate that people have had to deal with racism in other countries. It's not a new thing. It's been going on at least since Isaac and Ishmael. It's been going on at least since then. I have only experienced it twice in my life. I won't go into that now because the people 
that I experienced it with are not here, but they're friends of mine across the country. I know what it's like to look on their face when somebody has, has looked down on them because of their race. I have stood up for them face to face with somebody that was treating somebody the wrong way. I know what all of that is, but can I just tell you racism is not a race issue. Racism is not the color of a skin issue. Race issue is a God issue. Race is the fact that we've taken God out of schools. We've stopped teaching about creation. We've stopped teaching about the word of God and that there's nobody that's better than any other. We have to, we've stopped talking about preferring one another above ourselves, not thinking of ourselves so highly as we ought to think. Racism is not a color issue. It is a God issue. And the only way to fix that is if everybody that's under the sound of the voice of the word of God will humble themselves before God and begin to treat each individual like they are God's That's why I know this message was for me as much as it is for you. I'm so tired of hearing the news. I'm so tired of listening to the people on all sides of the issue because on all sides of the issue, there's some points of truth and there's some points of falseness. And what really irritates me and just quite frankly just boils my blood is the fact that there are people that are taking advantage of the situation that really aren't looking out for what is actually at the core problem. They're just wanting to cause trouble and they're being followed in the news. That's why I say shut off the news. And I'm not talking about just liberal news versus conservative. I'm just talking. Turn it all off. And turn on the word of God. And see how your spirit begins to change. Are there things we've got to work on? Is there things that I as a white man has to work on? Is there things as a black man has to work on? Absolutely yes, 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 yes. But my suggestion to you today. Is it's not as much about the race. As it is about how you see other people. You see, when I look at you, I see God. I see God. I see colors. Look at that. That's a picture. Don't tell me that God doesn't see color. Don't tell me. He loves it. He loves diversity. But the political nature of our country has taken the concept of diversity and watered it down and demoralized it. God doesn't like diversity for diversity's sake. He likes diversity's sake because everybody brings a different view, a different expression, a different color, if you will, a different worship, if you will. Listen, I can't... I, some of you have been sheltered in, a, in the religious concept of worship. Uh, I've been blessed, and I know that because a lot of you are native Minnesotans. And, and, and when I left Minnesota and I walked into some churches that I got to experience after I left Minnesota, I was floored. I was floored. Why? Because they didn't worship like I worshiped. See, I was raised 
that you sang the song, and when the song was done, you could worship. Worship during the song, you may raise a hand. But I got to Dover, and my eyes were wide open. Not just because of the church there, but it's an Air Force base. It's a base city. The Dover Air Force base is there, so you're bringing in people from all around the country that are coming to that church, and so you got to see it all. There was a group, a ladies group, I can't remember, I think it's the sound of the black and it, it, it was this group, and when they started singing, I know what prayer can do. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I couldn't keep up. <laughs> because it wasn't my culture. Did I like it? Absolutely. One of those ladies were intricate in leading me to uh, the angel that put my wife and I together. I, what, what am I trying to say? Here's what I'm trying to say. This isn't a race issue. This is a God issue. If you love God, and I'm going to say this, I, I, I've got to say this as bold as I can. If you say you love God, you better love your brother and sister. For by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. So don't be troubled. Think on these things. Think on what is true. That word true means exposed reality. What does he expose that's real to you? That he loves you. We sang about it. Some of you were graves. And you're a garden today. Some of you were torn down. And have been built up. She's getting it. God let her sense the presence of God. In the name that is above her name. Her soul right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Because here's what the world needs, and I'm coming to a close. The world doesn't need people on the streets only, they need people on their knees. I may never walk in a protest. I've been to one. Back when we were in college, we went to. It was one of the coldest days in the world. <laughs> we went to Washington, D.C., marched in the anti abortion rallies. Can I just tell you? I spent all day out there freezing cold. And there's been nothing done to change abortion laws. That was 30 years ago. Why? Because the issues that we face in this world, we have put them on a horizontal level and have tried to address them horizontally and politically and in, in, in quote-unquote common sense. But you have to understand 
who's the leader on this level? The Bible says that he has given him the, to be the prince and the power of the air. He's controlling. That's why there's more division than ever before. That's why there's more hatred than ever before. You'd think after all that we've dealt with with the pandemic and all of the riots and all of the things that have gone on, that we would come to the conclusion that mm, we're all doing something wrong. All of us. But we won't because the prince and the power of the air is controlling this level. It's the reason why that the writer of Chronicles said, don't deal with it this way. He said, deal with it this way. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. Then I will heal their land. Listen, it's not going to be fixed this way. If you're trying to fix things on this level, you're going to become very frustrated. And, and you're going to face a lot of ridicule and hatred. But if you go into your closet and you will get down on your knees and you will begin to seek the face of God, all things can change and turn. I invite you to stand for just a moment. We're going to pray. I said all of that not to make a point about what's happening today. I said all of that to say this. If you have been troubled, that passage is how you get your soul to calm down. Don't beat yourself up because you've made mistakes or maybe you fought the wrong way or said the wrong thing or done the wrong thing. Don't beat yourself up for that. Crawl under the cross. Hallelujah. Maybe you've had a spirit of judgment in the past. us in this moment 
and you'll see the repercussions in this moment. Doesn't mean we don't get involved on a horizontal level. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is the horizontal level has to come after the vertical level. And when the vertical level is taken care of, you'll be more effective in the horizontal level. There's a gentleman I know. Actually, I don't know him, but we're friends on Facebook. And I know where he comes from and what he does. He's an African-American gentleman that is so balanced. And the reason he is balanced is because he takes his relationship with God first. And then what he does on this level. He's involved in the city councils. He's involved in the protests. He's involved, but he's taking care of this already so that when he begins this, it's a level of peace. And the area that he serves has experienced some of that peace because he as a leader has taken care of the vertical first and then has dealt with the horizontal. Here's what I want you to do. I told you I was going to choose this. I want you to make a decision right now. Everybody close your eyes. And this is the time for you to make a decision. From this point forward, it doesn't matter what happened in the last 10 minutes or yesterday in the neighborhood. From this point forward, I am asking you to make a decision. To first and foremost commit to a vertical battlefield. And then deal with the horizontal. In your spirit and in your mind right now, you make the decision. Am I going to do what the word of God says? Or am I going to do what I feel like doing? Am I going to have joy overflowing? Am I not going to worry about anything but pray about everything? Am I going to be considerate and consider all aspects of every situation? Am I going to do all of those things? Am I going to go vertical and then horizontal? Or am I going to still try to do it on my own? And still let my spirit be troubled? Those around me be troubled? The decision is yours. It's not mine. My decision is lead me to the cross where I first saw light. And then the second part of this decision that maybe you can't make right now, but in the days to come, when you pick up social media, when you turn on the news, when you read a newspaper, are you going to take a moment to step back in the middle of a Monday afternoon or a Tuesday morning before you get all tied up and tangled up in the things of life? Will at that moment this message echo in your spirit and you step back and say, I gotta go see him first. Then I'll deal with this. Because I believe that if we 
make the right decisions as his people. Things in this country and around the world can drastically change. In Jesus' name. Would you pray with me now? Lord, I'm thankful for the brothers and the sisters that are here today. From every background, from every culture, from every color of skin. Lord, I'm asking you to bind us all together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together with your love and your mercy. Help us to look out on a horizontal level and see you. Help us not to see somebody else the way they look, the way they dress, the way they act, their attitude, whatever it is. Help them to see you in the creation that stands before them. Lord, I make a decision today. Lord, as the pastor of this church, I will go vertical before I go horizontal. I will seek your face before I seek another face. I will do what you've asked me to do before I do anything on my own. Lord, I will lean not on my own understanding, but in all my ways, I will acknowledge you and I will trust in you. Lord Jesus, as the leader of this assembly, I commit to you and I commit to this congregation that I will hear what thus says the word of the Lord and I will preach it clearly as I can. I will state it as often as I can, but I will stand on the word of God and the spirit of God and do the things of God first because I understand that if I am in good stead with you, everything else will take place and take care of itself. Lord, I commit to you that in the days to come, when the, the waves get high and the storm hits the side of my ship, I am going to retreat first into your arms and then do what you ask me to do. I'm going to let you step to the bow of my ship and say, peace be still, if that's what you want. Or I'm going to hold on tight as I go through the storm of life that you've chosen and allowed me to go through, Lord, knowing to hear your voice and to feel your hand. Lord, this church is dedicated to pleasing you. This church is dedicated to following you. We want to be a spirit-filled, spirit-led, Christ-like church. God, help us every day, every hour, every moment to continue to walk after you, to listen to you, to talk after you, to look through your eyes and feel through your heart and sense through your touch. In the name that is above every name, I ask it right now, the name of Jesus. For at your name, every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that you're the Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
love you all. I'm going to ask you to sit down for just a second. And uh, I waited to do this now because 